Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. A returning guest back in studio to talk about a lot of different things. Anita Foster is with the Tarrant Area Food Bank. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for joining me. We are extending today's uh, show. Usually a guest does about a half hour with me. We're going to talk for an hour because we've got a lot to talk about, as I've mentioned. Let's just start off with the food bank. You are the senior director of communications and marketing for them. But for people that aren't familiar with TAFB, what do you guys do? You know, the food bank industry is fascinating, actually, because our number one mission, as you might imagine, is getting food to hungry people. The most shocking thing to learn is how many people that actually is right here in our local communities. At Tarrant Area Food Bank, we make uh, accessible 500,000 meals every week, 500,000 meals every week uh, because there's such a tremendous need. The statistics are one in six adults in North Texas don't get enough food to eat on a regular basis, and one in four of those is a child. And so it's um, it's very real, but it's challenging to talk about because hunger is invisible in many cases. So when you think about one in six people not getting enough food to eat and going hungry, all you have to do is look around and say someone around me doesn't actually have enough food to eat. And they may be somebody that goes uh, to pick up food at a mobile pantry on a Saturday or to a local uh, church to pick up food that's provided by the area food banks. You know, it's a it's oftentimes an invisible issue that we deal with with the issue of hunger but it's real in dfw when you say one in six adults one in four kids it's it's a disturbing trend to think about that that's happening in north texas where we live not only is it happening in north texas shockingly tarrant county and dallas county are among the top 10 hungriest counties in the nation Um, And that's a statistic that we're not terribly proud of. Do you know why that is? Is there a reason why or do we have an understanding of why that is? We have high population count um, in in our area. So that's part of it. We're very urban. So we have large numbers of people. um, But we are just in communities where um, people are gainfully employed, most of the people that take advantage of a food bank. But they just are faced with challenges. And think about it like this. People that that don't have enough food to eat are faced with these tough choices. Am I going to go to the grocery store or do I pay the electric bill? Am I going to buy groceries or pay my car insurance? That's what's happening to most people that take advantage of a food bank. This is the Tarrant Area Food Bank, so not Mm -hmm. necessarily the Tarrant County Food Bank. So what 
where are you guys at? Where what areas are you serving? We actually cover 13 counties through the Tarrant Area Food Bank, and then the North Texas Food Bank covers another 13 counties. And if you think about the geography like this, we're really divided east and west. So the Tarrant Area Food Bank, where I serve, pretty much take everything from Highway 360, uh, the dividing line between Arlington and Grand Prairie, and paint 13 counties around that uh, to the to the to the west. And then the North Texas Food Bank really covers the area to the east because there is so much tremendous need in the community every single day for food banks. Uh, we have a massive territory and literally millions of mouths to feed. As far as just supply, are you guys completely separate from the North Texas Food Bank, or do you guys kind of shift supplies depending on the need for the areas? Yeah, we operate as independent food banks, but we're also in partnership. Uh, Hurricane Harvey is a good example. Um, there's a, a partnership that's created that's unique in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called the Mass Care Task Force, and that is a 10-year a, a history uh, relationship between the American Red Cross, the Salvation Army, the North Texas Food Bank, and Volunteer Now. So when those shelters open up after disasters, large disasters like Harvey, the North Texas Food Bank will take the lead on feeding, and Tarrant Area Food Bank will work directly in that partnership to feed anyone in shelters on the Tarrant County side or the Tarrant area side. But it's more than the shelters. And I think Hurricane Harvey really demonstrated that lots of people evacuate into the Dallas-Fort Worth area that don't necessarily evacuate to a Red Cross shelter. Mm. They, th- we saw within probably three or four days of land of landfall, our food pantries that we support that do food distribution, they were coming to the food bank going, we are out of food. We have got to restock because they're called self-evacuees, the people who got themselves out by car uh, ahead of the storm. You know, they book hotels, but they start running out of money after a period of time. And when you couldn't get back into Houston because the flooding was so severe, roads were shut down, it wasn't possible for people to, to get back in their car right away and get back to Houston. And so thankfully, you know, food banks are here not just to supply food for the shelters, but also to provide food for all of our distribution partners that suddenly see an uptick in food needs because of a hurricane on the coast. And we are going to talk a lot more about Harvey, but while we're on the subject, do you guys have a metric that you use? So you turn on the Weather Channel and you see, up oh, hurricanes coming in, and you know that you guys are going to have a run on food because people are going to be evacuating to Dallas, but you still need to keep normal operations normal. So do yes. you guys have a way to, to – do you have a built-in system to make sure that everything still runs smoothly, even with the extra people? Absolutely. It is challenging, though, logistically, as you might imagine. Sure. Um, Hurricane Harvey blew up so quick that I think it was a matter of maybe 56 hours when it went from a Category 1 storm to a Category 4 hurricane. That's a significant amount of growth in a fairly short amount of time. But we saw it coming. We monitor the weather conditions. We have a disaster relief arm of food banking that we stay in touch with. Um, And so we definitely understood, you know, what was going on. We always assume people are going to evacuate the Gulf Coast of Texas ahead of a storm, and many of them will come here. They'll either get a hotel or they'll stay with friends and family. So we always put that into play. We're very fortunate in that we can hit some triggers if we need to with food manufacturers that will supply us what we need. And it is incredible to see um, 
typically on a normal day at Tarrant Area Food Bank, we will have in our receiving area with 53-foot, you know, 18-wheelers rolling in. We'll see one or two at, at the dock doors at any given time. And then they roll out and another one might roll in. I knew the situation changed when I pulled up. Uh, early one morning last week, and there were five trucks Wow! Uh, waiting at the same time. And this is people just kind of doing it on their own because yeah, they no, know well, that there's these are gonna... folks that, you know, are uh, collecting donations or that are the manufacturers, food manufacturers that are bringing contributions to us uh, of things that we've requested specifically for hurricane duty. But you could just exponentially see the activity uh, rise. So what we do at the food bank um, is we prepare pallets, if you will, with dry goods, with supplies like diapers, you know, formula, those sorts of things that might be needed in shelters or could be needed by people that visit one of our food distribution sites. That could be a food pantry. It could be a church that distributes food or any of the mobile pantries that we run. So we know when a hurricane is coming, there could be that need. So we just prep for it in advance. We put the emergency pallets in the warehouse. And when someone shows up in need, um, we'll either supply them what they need individually or we give them a pallet if they need to go back to a food distribution location. So there's just emergency packets just for anything that somebody's going to need when they're in a situation like this. You guys have it ready and just we, ship it we down do. there. We get it ready. And we've supplied the shelters um, as well. And so through that agreement, with the Mass Care Task Force, um, the Red Cross is responsible for sheltering people. The mm-hmm. Salvation Army actually provides the food, uh, dishing out of the food in those shelters. And the food banks um, will make sure that the food gets requested and delivered. So I know yesterday uh, in the Tarrant County area, that would have been Friday, Friday, um, we took over um a number of items that were requested by the Red Cross out of Fort Worth mm. uh, to that to that shelter through that agreement. So no matter the shelter population or the self-evacuee population, disasters we know as Texans are real. Uh, we have some of the worst disasters in U.S. history in the state we live in. We are actually the most disaster-prone state in America. And so our region that we live in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is prone to our own emergencies, as well as being an evacuation site for other people's. So as food banks, with our job not not being able to stop for the people who need us locally every day, we just ramp up so that we're able to feed even more people quicker, faster, more efficiently during a storm. Let's talk more about the basics of the Texas Area Food Bank. I saw on your website, which is TAFB.org, that you are the primary source of donated food for hunger relief charities and feeding programs in 13 North Texas counties. So pretty much what you guys are doing is you're gathering this food and then distributing it out through other charities and organizations that distribute it to people. So it's not necessarily someone's going to come to your door and get food. They're going to go to one of your partners to get that food. And that's what we encourage people to do. So our our network is pretty extensive. We have 270 locations that we distribute food to. But on top of that, Tarrant Area Food Bank also uh, does our own distribution mobily. So we will take an 18-wheeler out stocked full of grains, of produce, fresh produce, of meats. And we're out somewhere every day uh, popping tables, putting out the boxes, and helping people get through the line, get the food they need for themselves and their families, 
um, so that they can get home and prepare some good, delicious meals. So you guys have 270 organizations you work with? We have 270 partners. Are you always looking to expand that, or are you comfortable with where it is? No, I think that... Um, we, we what we look for is representation in all 13 of our counties. It's actually challenging for some of the rural communities mm-hmm. where it's a long drive to get somewhere to get food. So we we are always looking for partners that that have capacity with refrigeration and freezer space so that we can do more produce. You know, and I, I'll I'll say this: it's been. Um, it's been very educational because, you know, I come from a disaster relief background with the Red Cross. And when I, I knew a lot about the food bank world because of our partnerships over many years of disaster relief. But I was stunned to learn uh, when I was brand new at, at, the, at the food bank that 38 percent of everything we distribute is fresh. It's produce. And it's amazing the, the focus has really shifted in about the last 10 years from, you know, be, bags of rice and cans of green beans to healthy, nutritious food. And everyone you talk to in the food bank industry talks about the fact that when, if we want people to do better, to have kids that are able to learn more, learn faster, it's important that they have good food to eat every single day and so we make that a mission is that well that brings up a lot of questions actually but is that what the public wants or is that how the food yeah is that how your industry has has kind of shifted itself you know what i'm saying like how which one drove that fresh food initiative it's it actually originated um most would say from the manufacturer food manufacturing and from the grocery store industry Mm. so there was a time when you know it was not that long ago, where food just got thrown out. You know, food waste is a very uh, common term today. People talk a lot about ending food waste, making sure that any food that's that can be repurposed safely gets repurposed. But that wasn't really the consciousness of the country, you know, 10 years ago. So the grocery store industry really started by partnering with food banks and building distribution mechanisms whereby they contact the food bank and they say, hey, you know, we're, that we've got produce that's going to expire in three to five days. Can you take it off our hands and get it out? Because we're so fast at distribution, we're able to now hone that process where we're, we can take much more fresh produce than we used to be able to. The food bank uh, in Tarrant County uh, that's based in Tarrant County is actually under renovation so we are tripling our freezer space uh, and uh, tripling our refrigerated space, I should say, and doubling our freezer space so that we can get even more fresh out. I was just going to ask about that. So a lot of times you'll just take stuff, freeze it or refrigerate it for a little yes. while, get a little bit more life out of it so you can make sure that when it when there is an opening for it, you can get it there and it's still in good shape. Yeah, and that's a really great way to say it. The more capacity we have for fresh food, the more fresh food actually gets onto plates of people in our community. And I think that most of us understand that healthy food makes a difference in how you function day in, day out. Having vegetables that you can cook at home or having good meats, lean proteins, and some nice you know, quality grains can make a huge difference. And when you think about the fact that one out of four kids goes hungry, I, it's just, 
It's mind boggling. So when you're looking at your kids, you know, tag football team or, or baseball team or, or at church, you know, wherever you are in your workplace, you know, anywhere you're looking around, you can drive past a, a, a recess, kids outside, you're just yeah. going to, you're going to know. One in every four children doesn't have enough to eat. So not only are we trying to remedy that, we, we want to do more than just give you any food that has calories. We want to give you good food that will help you to grow and learn and, and be a good student, especially for children. And it's not, I know we think about kids and we always think about the little ones. But there are high school kids, athletes, that don't get enough food to eat. And so, you know, you hear a lot, I know, during the summer, we talk a lot about school being out, mm -hmm. cafeterias closed. What happens to kids during the summer? And that's why food banks talk about that so much, because during the school year, um, uh, folks have the opportunity. Kids can eat breakfast, that many get their lunch and a snack at school because they can't get that at home. Yeah. And so during the summer, it just becomes this huge issue when kids aren't in school. So we want to not only make sure that that our area youth and our, our teenagers have food to eat, um, we want to make sure it is good. You know, imagine being an athlete in high school and not having food to eat when you get home. It's I didn't have to, I was lucky enough not to have to deal with this problem. And when you are... 15 to probably 18, you can't stop eating no matter what you do. So to think that you would be put in a situation where you literally don't have any options, it's yeah. scary to think about. And like you're talking about, you know, certain, you know, athletes, young kids, they need this to, to propel themselves and sometimes even to a better future. Yeah. So this stuff always needs to happen. And you guys are, are right there. There's a lot of innovation around feeding, especially with children. Just in the last few years, we've really started to see some schools open up pantries mm -hmm. um, in the school itself. I know a lot of people are very familiar with the backpack program where a, on Friday afternoon during the school session, kids are able to take a backpack home. And it often has food not just for them but for their family to get them through till Monday when they get back to school. And just think about that for a minute. You leave school on Friday and without the support of food banks and other programs that make backpacks possible for you to take home, kids wouldn't have food to eat for the entire weekend. And so that's something that we work on at, at, at all food banks, Tarrant Area Food Bank in particular, uh, is that backpack program to make sure that there's food, not just for the student, but for their family, because we know there's not food in the house. So those are uh, some innovative things is, okay, rather than, you know, everyone having to do a backpack every Friday, some schools have actually started to open food pantries in the school. Brewer High School is an example. They have what they call the Paw Pantry, and okay. that's supported by Tarrant Area Food Bank, where families can come into the pantry and just get what they need. Uh, it's convenient. It's easy. Uh, the, the, it gives you greater uh, opportunities, more selection, if you will, mm. to pick your food. So that's an innovation that's happening. And it's also occurring, shockingly, on college campuses now. So we, uh, we just started about uh, two or three weeks ago a new mobile pantry at Tarrant County College. On that's the something side. you don't hear about mm -hmm. at all. But think about it, especially universities where uh, we support UT Arlington yeah. with a pantry there. Many students are from other countries. 
um, you know, and don't know the culture and things like that, or don't have enough money to feed themselves. I mean, think about how many college, <laughs> what'd you eat in college? You know, for me, it was like Taco Bell and ramen noodles. This is not a yeah. good, healthy diet. No. For oh anybody. my God. No, no. And so, um, you know, for college students that are trying to get their education, they often have to make that choice. Do I pay my tuition, my books, or do I pay for food? Especially those with families already. Absolutely. And we have um, a growing, that's a growing trend across the food bank industry. So we're not talking just about elementary school kids. Um, as kids grow and they don't have food to eat, you know, that's challenging. I know anyone who ever had a brother will attest that any boy especially you know, between the ages of like 13 and 18, we'll eat everything inside twice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like it's you, you're an animal. Yeah. Like, you you can't, true. you're just, you're a, a disposal. I mean, it's just, it and to go can't hungry get enough. In our country, it, we truly do believe that having food to eat is a fundamental right of every citizen of the country. And so that's what we work on every day. We take this, this issue to heart. We do a lot of fun things at the food bank, we have amazing programs, really great people. We do engaging, interesting fundraisers. Um, we do Food Pun Friday on Twitter because we're cool, um, things like that. But the issue at heart is what matters, and that's to ensure that no one has to go hungry. We, um, you know, we use a lot of phrases as food bankers. We're fighting hunger. We're stomping it out. We're ending it. But there are so many social issues that have to be solved in order to actually solve hunger. But we make it our mission. You know, if we can end it, that's great. But at the end of every day, we just want to make sure that nobody had to go hungry. Let's talk some more about the different programs that you have. One of the programs that we had mentioned before was your community kitchen, where you're actually getting kids, people into the kitchen and helping them learn about the food service industry and things like that. So talk to me about this program because it's pretty unique. It's amazing. It was uh, it was something when I came to the food bank I really had never heard about, um, even though, you know, I had some background with the food bank in the past. But it is amazing because it is job training. And it's making sure that the folks that come through our job training program don't end up having to go to a food pantry because they can now earn a living. It's our culinary training program. It's called the Community Kitchen. Uh, it's headquartered in Fort Worth at our food bank right inside the warehouse. Oh, wow. You would never know. That's cool. There is a fully functioning industrial kitchen, professionally equipped with an executive chef, uh, Chef Manny Vasquez. A lot of folks know Chef Manny. He trained at the Art Institute of Atlanta in the culinary world. And he worked for 10 years at some very uh, prestigious restaurants that were independent, independently owned. Uh, a couple of chefs that he worked with graduated from the Culinary Institute of America, which is kind of like the apparently premier of yeah. all training programs for sure. culinary. So we have this executive chef that's been incredibly well trained, but he's he's a little bit different than a than a, another, you know, a chef that you might normally meet because his job is training, coaching, and mentoring folks into the culinary world. He's the first to, to tell the students at the beginning of every session, the culinary world is hard. You have to pay your dues. You're not going to make a lot of money to start, 
But if you persevere, you can have a great career in culinary. And so uh, we just uh, recently introduced a new class at the very end of August. So they're just in their beginning stages of, of learning skills. And our this is interesting. Our team doesn't necessarily look for people that have been chefs or have worked in restaurants. They look for people with passion. You know, I call it like our own local master, you know, master chef at the food bank. Um, we are able to graduate around 30 students every year. Mm. Uh, and we track them for a year after they leave the food bank and around 90 percent maintain employment where we placed them a year later. The program is actually free. And when we say really? that to people, they say, just what you did. What? <laughs> I haven't made the face. How, really? how in the world can you do that for free? Well, the students do have a price for attending the training. It's a 14-week training program, so it's not short. They start at 7.30 in the morning, and they work every day, Monday through Friday, until 3.30 in the afternoon. Huh. And then they do a two-week internship. As part of their tuition, if you will, they assist Tarrant Area Food Bank in packaging food that goes to pantries. So on top of the culinary training that Chef Manny Vasquez provides, we have another chef named uh, Diedrich Flint. And Chef D, as we call him, is what what is known as the production chef. He is the one. <laughs> they, they come from the warehouse. Our, our colleagues will, will come to Chef D from the warehouse, and they'll say, Chef D, we have a huge shipment of potatoes. Can you do something with them? So he will source a recipe uh, and say, okay, so we have an abundance of tomatoes, potatoes, whatever. What recipe can he make that can go into a one-pound container, uh, be shrink-wrapped, flash-frozen, and sent out to pantries? Wow. So the students will spend part of the day actually learning how to be chefs and part of the day packaging food for people that don't have food to eat. And one of the most amazing moments is talking with the students when their light bulb goes off and they say, wow, I've received this meal before. I just didn't know where it came from. And so, yeah. So wow, Chef I never D, even thought about that. Uh, he makes up recipes based on So just kind of like on, on, an, in, on an industrial scale. So we're, we're shipping out a lot yeah, of absolutely. food. Absolutely. We do uh, several thousand meals a week wow. uh, that go out in production from the kitchen. There are some food banks in the country that really just do production in their kitchen, and that's all they do. They might provide meals for summer feeding or meals for senior centers. Uh, we do our chef training. We do our production of providing those meals out. And then we have a life skills component as well. So not only are students coming in and assisting Tarrant Area Food Bank and feeding the hungry, they're learning their chef skills. And then we're giving them uh, expert advice uh, from the community on resume writing, um, conflict resolution. Because, you know, if you can't get along with the person next to you and in the restaurant. Get, it can get heated in the kitchen. <laughs> it can get heated. I mean, anyone who's ever watched they television get, they chefs. They a little nuts. Um, yeah. So we want our students to be able to leave Tarrant Area Food Bank and be great employees wherever they go. And they work all over. We have uh, uh, folks that work uh, this past class at the Bird Cafe in downtown Fort Worth, the Ashton Depot. Uh, we had two that got picked up at the Old South Pancake House, you know, flipping pancakes. Um, but, you know, getting their feet on the ground and really learning to become great chefs. Chef D that I mentioned that actually works for us is a graduate of our own program. And so it was really phenomenal to see him be able to come to work. He works under Chef Manny. Uh, they do amazing 
that coaching, mentoring, and training. You know, they work at a food bank. And first of all, you would never associate executive chef and food bank in the same sentence. But they understand that our mission is feeding people. And whether that's feeding people as we do through distribution at pantries or mobile locations, they feed people by giving them the ability to make a living. In the training session of this just started, how many students are in? Do you know? We have 12 brand new students uh, this time. So that's about what we have with each uh, course that goes through. And we do three a year. And so it's just incredible. There was a student that graduated in our, in our last class. Her name was Mellon. Phenomenal woman. But Mellon was living at the Union Gospel Mission Shelter. So she made her way every day from the Union Gospel Mission Shelter to Tarrant Area Food Bank at crack of dawn so that she could take this training. And she she graduated from the program. She got hired by the Bird Cafe. And um, just last week, she moved into her own apartment. That is so know, wonderful. Just, she's amazing. And that's not an unusual story. Uh, we have some people that leave corporate jobs making six figures that just have a passion in life and they want to pursue it. We have that person standing right next to the melons of the world that just need training. They have the passion. They just didn't have the opportunity. And here comes a free program that can give you real life job skills. How do people become part of this program? It's pretty amazing. It is incredible. We have all the information on our website at TAFB.org on how to sign up. Uh, we'll be registering for our next class coming up soon. One of the coolest parts, too, uh, that's just an added bonus to the folks in the program is Chef Manny Vasquez knows all area chefs. And our team is very connected, as you might imagine, with the culinary world. So we have guest chefs that come over, some of the best top-known chefs in the area. Grady Spears will be visiting wow. us, John Bonnell from Waters and um, we just the list is long of, of folks that come over each week and work with the students on their discipline. On top of that, we have food vendors. One of my favorites, because I'm I'm from Mansfield, which is home of best made pickles. In case you didn't know that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I went to <laughs> high school with the Daltons. Hey y'all, um, and so they're very well connected to our food bank. So we have them come over each class, and they teach the students how to actually make pickles, which is very... That's it, awesome. Yeah. We're going to, um, we're actually going to Facebook Live that this... Oh, this you have to do that. So that the community community can learn from some of these experts as well. So not only do they get the training and they get to make meals for people, they get to learn from some of the top culinary experts. And a lot of networking. It's amazing. And we hope, you know, the, the chefs that come to Tarrant Area Food Bank that meet with our students or that fundraise for the food bank, they understand without doubt the importance of good food to people. And so they're very strong supporters of the food bank uh, industry as a whole. And in Tarrant area, you know, where we are, we got some great chefs around the community. So we love it when they come over and they impart that wisdom. So you're giving them a real well-rounded education, but you were, I, maybe misunderstood do they kind of learn a specialty while they're in there and then they apply that outside of it or are they just learning everything every week is a new skill that the students will learn (sighs) so whether it's a a cuisine uh, there's sushi week there's um soup and sandwich week um there's you know steak week i really enjoy that week (laughs) um 
So do you get to test the food? Oh yeah. So um, you know that's part of part of of the the students' experience is being able to create their dishes for their final exam. You know, most of us, you know, either took an exam online or you're old like me. You know, you had a blue book. Oh Back yes. in the day, you know, with your pen. Scantrons. Um, yeah, scantrons with your number two. Um, but our students, they prepare for their exams by cooking food for others. So a couple of times uh, during the year, we invite the community over to enjoy some of the delicacies that they prepare. And I, I mean, I, I'm it's serious food. You know, thinly sliced ribeye with chimichurri sauce, mm. smoked quail, lamb lollipops, and a, a mint sauce. It's amazing food. In fact, um, during the final exam last year, one of the community's best-known food critics, Bud Kennedy, uh, from, from the Star-Telegram and other venues, Bud came over to grade them, if you will, and he told the students point blank that that food was just as good as anything he'd ever eaten in some of the best restaurants in town. So they learn incredible skills. I think that you might have to uh, hook me up with Chef D and Chef Vasquez <laughs> come in here and uh, maybe talk more about this program. It's Absolutely. amazing. It's really terrific, and their passion for it is what makes it a success. Uh, there's three folks that work in that program. The other person we haven't talked about is Ms. B, because, you know, you have to have a Ms. B if you're going to have a kitchen. And she's phenomenal. She does the life skills training, uh, coordinates with the chefs, and really keeps the program running. And she is the self-professed mother hen over all of the students, making sure that they do get everything out of the program that they can. So we've got an amazing team, you know, a, a top chef with Chef Vasquez. Uh, Chef D is an amazing production chef. Anyone who can just take a bunch of ingredients, and sometimes they're strange ones. It's a crazy skill and to have. And meals I, out of I it. cannot do that. It's it's fun to watch him work. It's amazing. You know, because it, it is an art. You know, Being uh, in the culinary world, I've learned, is definitely an art. It's no different than someone with a, a canvas and a paintbrush. They just use their knives and their imaginations to create their art. Agreed. All right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.